Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York City jazz singer Nama on the new 2023 album, Where Flamingos Fly. This Israeli-born artist continues to rise up the charts. On her new LP, she delivers an honest and intimate album featuring vibraphonist Steve Nelson. This is the vocalist's third release consisting of 12 tracks, six of which feature a collaboration with Nelson. She and the band transport listeners to a corner booth at a cozy, dimly lit club, flashing the chemistry she built over long-running residencies at Mesro and Smalls in the West Village. A longtime friend of Neon Jazz, it's always a joy to catch up with her to see how well things are going, and they are going very well. Enjoy. I was very, very excited to see the new music. I am at, at my core. Yeah, I love the vibes. So whenever the vibes get thrown in, it just brightens everything a little bit more. Oh, yeah, thank so, you. Yeah, I, I agree, though. So cool. So we've been in touch... The first time that we spoke, and we've talked about this before, was when the pandemic started back, and I believe it was March or April of 2020. And now we are in a very vastly different landscape. You've released a couple of albums, and and you've had projects that have happened. You've dropped your last name. Lots of things have happened. So talk to me about where we're at right now prior to getting full on into this new album. Yeah, so we're, like you said, I think we talked, well, we spoke once after Dearly Beloved, which was, I was, like, recovering from COVID, and we had no idea what we were talking about and what we were facing. (laughs) (laughs) Then, I guess, two years later, was it two years? Almost. Yeah, I think it was two years later, 2022, the beginning of the year was when I started releasing singles from my now-released um EP, which was uh, called, it's called If I Knew Then. So we talked about that. We kind of reflected on the pandemic. Um, and I actually was self-releasing that album. So I did not know what to expect in terms of, you know, how it was going to do. And it did pretty well. I, you know, like towards the, I think it was the fifth single that I released. It got a song from Spotify playlist, which was awesome. And I've like performed with it with, this music around um, the city outside of New York and then also um, in Europe. And it's been getting great, you know, feedback. People like it, I think. So it was, it's been really fun. Um, And now, well, not now I recorded, I, I'm trying to do my best to keep it rolling as long as I can, you know, with more music and more projects. So the, the last recording that I did was, was in, I think it was July of, yeah, July 2022. And we're now starting to release singles uh, from that release, and it's going to come out officially, like the whole, and this one's an LP, it's 12 songs. It's going to come out officially in uh, July of this year as well. So for singles, though, is dropping in February. So that's where we're at now. And now I'm, it's, it's kind of funny with recording because you like kind of record something and then you realize that people aren't going to hear it until months ahead. So it's, it's weird in terms of like um, doing the music. I did it before. I, I did a lot of the newer stuff before recording it. Um, and then I stopped because I was focusing on if I knew them because that was being released. And now I'm going to go back to performing my new stuff. <laughs> Um, you know, in preparation for, like, the releases. So I guess that's where we're at. Is that a good answer? (laughs) 
Yeah, it is. It's a great answer. And I think that's the strange thing is that when you do, when artists do talk about, you know, new material, they've already moved on to the next one. But exactly, I, yeah. You know, but, but I think there's a part of this process that slows down a bit when you release the singles that kind of elongates the process. But um, ultimately, the, the album is Where Flamingos Fly. Let's talk a little bit about the title, how you came up with that, and how you kind of assembled the group of musicians to make the sound on this album. Okay, well, I felt like the vibes-voice combo is something super, I mean, pretty unique and really, really beautiful that because of the pandemic and the fact that it was my first album, I didn't, I felt like I didn't get enough of that from Dearly Beloved. Because, uh, you know, we didn't get to really perform as much as we would have liked to. And so I was, I, I see, and, you know, I love Steve Nelson. He is just such a magical human um, to work with, and as a musician, he's so great. And I was just like, we should do this again. So initially, I knew that I wanted to work with Steve again, and I actually I didn't mention before um, this uh, album, the West Flamingo Fly, is going to uh, be released with La Reserve. So I had worked with through my first release with Seller Live, but uh, this time I'm like actually just releasing with um, La Reserve. It's, uh, have been doing really awesome things for a lot of artists in the past few years. Um, so that's really exciting as well. And I had approached them and said, listen, I'm going to do another project with Steve Nelson. And they're like, cool. <laughs> um, and then I thought about how I wanted to this album to sound. And because I've, I had been doing so many drumless shows, um, at uh, my residency that I've been doing at Metro and just in general in New York City uh, with the way that gigs pay a lot of times um, I don't have like the fourth musician um, which ends up being a drummer so I, I've been like having the sound with like bass and piano for a while um, and then um, Bruce Barson, and Dave Barron are people that I work with a lot uh, a lot of we've done a lot of gigs at Metro together and I just was I was like this is going to be the, the most like wonderful comfortable intimate sound that I I figured I could you know bring and then you know th- that that way we kind of found a way to do this kind of interesting instrumentation uh where there's the vibes could maybe even got a bigger uh you know a bigger spotlight because um there's like less instruments um than the first one so, um, and yeah, and it ended up forming, like with the rep that I chose, I felt like it brought a more vulnerable, like intimate sound that I felt I hadn't brought in my previous projects, um, if that makes sense. <laughs> it certainly does. And and I think, you know, there's a part of what we've all lived through, and there's a part of our mental uh and, and and maybe a part of us are a little bit more vulnerable. How how do you think maybe living through this pandemic and the way that it changed all of us as humans and the way we think and interact? How much of you how much of that do you think seeped in to to your voice on this and the way that you approached it? Oh, a lot of it did. Um, I think just well, 
I, I think with me, because I perform a lot, everything starts from performances. Um, and that's how I work out my material. That's where I'm, you know, if, I, if I'm like, oh, I want to do, oh, I want to learn a new song, like, I would do it for whatever gig I'm doing next. And so I think um, the way that it worked out where there wasn't a lot of music happening for a while and then all of a sudden there was a lot of music happening. I knew that, I know that I approached the stage in maybe a little bit of a different way where I am not afraid or, you know, was not and definitely not now, not afraid to like, you know, we, we realize life is, is this thing that is very short and can end at any point. And I was just like, I don't care. I want to, if I want to cry right now or, you know, sing a really sad song, I'm, I want to do it. And I think the audience who had been craving music for so long, there's some kind of like a deeper level of connection. I feel like since the pandemic with um, audiences and performers where, um, I don't know, I, I just feel like honesty and vulnerability is the most human thing in the world. And that's why I do it. Like if I can, if I can find this place of like, you know, connection with the audience um, where I am exposed. Um, I don't know. I feel like that. that's why I do it. <laughs> that's yeah. why, I, you know, I, I do what I do. And then I just wanted to bring it into a recording scenario, which is different because it's like, there's no audience when you with you. So like, how do you bring that um, into the studio with my, and, and then I, and that is why, like, I, I chose the musicians that I chose and the instrumentation and, you know, even in the, the songs that I chose as well, um, they're all very <laughs> personal, I think, personal stories that I connect to a lot. So what's the Flamingo connection? Um, it's a song that I, well, Where Flamingos Flies, it's just a song that I learned from a recording of Helen Merrill. Uh, and it's, a really, I, I just loved it for so long. I, I thought it, it had a very beautiful, kind of, I don't know, I, want, I keep saying magical, but it, it's like a very magical, like mystical kind of song. Um, Gil Evans wrote the arrangement for, for it. Um, and it's, it's just like, I, I've, I've listened to it for years and I've always been like, wow, I really should, I should sing this, I should sing this. But because it's, nobody sings it, um, I kept forgetting <laughs> to do it um, until I was like thinking about songs for this recording. And I was like, Oh wait, this one is going to be so beautiful with vibes instead of like, it's like a huge, it's like an orchestra um, arrangement. And I was like, what if we just like did it with the vibes and, and the piano and a little bit of bass and it would just be our intimate version of this really beautiful song. And then I just, it, it just came out so good that I was like, I have to call the album this way because it's so, so nice. And I don't know, there's something about flamingos. They're like these, they're pink. <laughs> and that's a very optimistic, pretty, like, color, I feel like. Um, they're very classy animals. And, you know, they're, they're beautiful, but, you know, the way that they're, they're, they seem very frail, too. I don't know. So I think that uh, image of a flamingo also felt right with this 
project that's like I hope is beautiful and classy but also like frail and not you know there's no drums there to support the you know the the to give the the, the beat um yeah so I don't know maybe something about the vulnerabilities is I, I see it within the the flamingo as well um yeah it's part of its beauty, beauty you know yeah it's emblematic for sure so Talk to me a little bit about the rollout of this album. I know you're doing it singles. When is you know when when is everything coming out? Where's the best platform to get it? And maybe live shows that are going to come up now that the new year is really fully underway. Oh yes, I will tell you all of that. Uh, so, hmm. um, okay. Uh, so the first song. I feel like I should pull it up though. <laughs> there's so much. There, there's so many dates to say. So our my first single is gonna be um, "Oh You Crazy Moon." Uh, this one is going to come out really soon. Uh, it's in February seventeenth, which is um, in two weeks almost. And, and then the so that's the "Oh You Crazy Moon" that comes out February seventeenth. Um, the next tune um, that drops is in March thirty first. Going to be a beautiful, beautiful waltz. Um, called Waltz for Debbie. Um, this one actually has uh, just vibes, bass, and voice on it, so I'm excited about that one. Um, sorry, The Lamp is Low uh, will come out in May 12th. That one has a cool little twist to it, especially the video. Um, so I would watch out for that. Um, you Do Something to Me comes out June 23rd. And then the album... Um, full album, 12 songs, where Flamingo's Fire will come out on July 28th. Um, and then we do have some shows lined up at the moment. Uh, we're going to do the Django on in March March 20th and Birdland in April 24th. And there's a lot of other stuff in the city uh, leading up to that and after as well, which should be fun. Um, I yeah, I mean the rest of I, what I didn't mention is that the six tunes have are like a Dave on bass, um, Bruce on piano, and Steve on uh, vibes, and then the other six are just me and bass and voice. Uh, sorry, bass and piano. Um, so just me and the trio. That's perfect. I what I've heard so far, I love it. I can't wait to get it on the show again. It's it's wonderful to catch up with you. We're kind of the it's almost as though the interviews have kind of been a part of us getting through this pandemic, the beginning. I know. You know, it's cool. So we're kind of seeing hopefully a lot of daylight fill in as the, as the year moves on. So I I was delighted to see this album. Um, Good luck with it. Good luck with the whole unraveling of the year. Um, And and hopefully we'll catch up when there's even better times out there as, as the road winds down I so know. I, I really appreciate it yeah, thank you so so much thanks for having me I really appreciate you as well I yeah we'll talk soon <laughs> thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and singers in Israel New York City Kansas City and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz thanks to Nama for her time music and energy if you want to hear more interviews visit Neon Jazz Interviews on either Apple Podcast or Spotify and you can always find us at youtube.com and for everything neon jazz all the time go to the neon jazz.blogspot.com until next time enjoy the jazz my friends on a freighter that's leaving
Leon Jez.